Hey everyone, and welcome to the New Way to Live podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Lindsay Moore. Today, I want to talk to you about faith, what it is, why it's important, and how to have it. And I'm not even going to slowly start out with some pleasantries today. We're just going to jump in. So what is faith? Faith is defined as complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Today, I'm talking about faith in Jesus, complete trust or confidence in what Jesus has done for us, for you, trust and complete confidence in the living God who loves you, cares for you, and provides for your every need. And the Bible defines faith. In Hebrews 11, 1, it says, now faith is is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I don't know about anybody else, but again, like these words, I don't always grab on to what the words mean. And so I looked it up in the Amplified too. And it says, now faith is the assurance, which is the title deed or the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen. And then it says the conviction of their reality Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. This verse is telling us that faith is the confidence that we have even though we don't yet see the outcome. And I love how the Amplified Classic puts it because at the end it says the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. You all may have things that you're praying for or that you're believing for. Faith is believing that you have it, even when you don't see it yet. We can be confident in the word of God. We can be confident in what God has spoken to us. And we can say, I haven't seen it yet, but God said it, and I believe it. We've each been given a measure of faith. In Romans 12, 3, Paul says that we've all been given a measure of faith. Each one of us has been given a measure of faith by God. He's given us all something to start with. And whether or not you think you have faith or you think you don't, you do. God's given it to you. And you use faith every day. You have faith that when you push the button, that your car's going to turn on. That when you sit on a chair, that it's not going to be moved out from under you unless you're in grade school and somebody's pulling it out from under you. Really rude. Um, You have faith in people that have proven to be reliable and faithful. But I think that faith can be hard sometimes for people Just being honest, when you're faced with something in your life that is loud in the natural, and I mean, like, there's no way to not think about it. You see it, you feel it. It's hard to not think about it. It's hard to feel confident. It's hard to feel full of faith because it's so loud in the natural. And I've been there. I want to tell you that faith is a choice. It's not a feeling. You have to choose to believe in God above every single circumstance, God is faithful, meaning he always does just what he says. The Bible says that his word doesn't return to him void. His word always does what he says it will. And it helps me to think about faith in these terms. It reminds me that faith is simply trusting in the faithful one. And faith is how we should live. We should always be operating from a position of faith. And 2 Corinthians 5, 7 tells us that. It says, for we walk by faith not by sight. And in this verse, Paul is writing a letter to the church in Corinth. And he's talking about this tug of war of wanting to be in heaven, our true home, but also understanding that we're here for a purpose. 
And Paul tells us that we walk by faith, not by sight. And he was specifically talking about having faith in our salvation through Jesus and our eternity spent in heaven. He's saying that even though he couldn't see it, and we can't see heaven yet with our eyes, we have faith that it exists and that through faith in Jesus, through his faith in his perfect sacrifice, heaven is our home for eternity. This eight-word verse tells us how we should live. We should live by faith, not by what we see. And this doesn't just apply to the belief that our eternity, our eternity is secure in heaven, but it applies to all things. We should walk by faith in all things. So why is this important? Why am I talking to you about faith? It's so important to the believer. If you've received Jesus as your Savior, you have faith in what he did for you. But there's so much beyond salvation that we get to have faith for. The word salvation comes from the Greek word sozo. And the root of that word means to save, to deliver, to protect, heal, preserve, do well, and be made whole. That just reminded me, have you guys seen, uh, well, you probably have. If you haven't seen it, you should, but I'm talking about the the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding and how the dad was always asking the kids to give him a word, any word, and he would tell them how it comes from the Greek language. That's how I just felt. And I'm positive that my sisters and my mom are really laughing about that. Anyway, the word salvation comes from the Greek word sozo. And the root of that word means to save, to deliver, to protect, to heal, preserve, save, do well, and be made whole. The word sozo tells us that there are other benefits to salvation than living eternally in heaven with Jesus. Included in salvation is deliverance, protection, healing, preservation, doing well, and being made whole. And that word whole means nothing missing, nothing broken. I'm telling you these things because I want you to see that your faith walk doesn't stop at receiving Jesus. There's so much more for you to have faith for, so much more for you to receive. And at some point in your life, you're going to be in a situation where you need faith, where you're believing for something, whether it's deliverance from a situation, healing, provision, or something, you're going to need faith in God. And your faith aligns you with the word of God and with the will of God so that you can receive. It puts you into agreement. I want you to think about it this way. If someone's trying to hand you something and you're across the room, you would move your feet to get yourself in front of them to receive what they're handing to you. As I'm giving this example, I'm thinking about how this is totally not the case in our house. If I ask our five-year-old daughter to hand me something, she frequently responds by saying, mom, catch, and then she throws it before I'm even ready. Anyway, I want you to imagine that no one tosses something in your general direction, but you actually have to hand it off, they have to hand it off, and you have to move yourself in front of them to receive. This is how your faith works. You are moving yourself into position, into alignment with God's word so that you can receive. And we can grow in that faith. You know, we've, been, we've established that we have been given a measure of faith by God. So we each have it. Whether or not you got like a cup or a teaspoon. Did you get a mustard seed? You've probably heard the mustard seed reference to faith or have seen it like those little mustard seed faith necklaces. That comes from Matthew 17, 20. In the verses around that, a man had come to Jesus and asked him to have mercy on his son because he was having seizures and, and suffering greatly. The man had brought the son to the disciples, but they couldn't heal him. 
So Jesus rebukes the demon and the boy was healed at that moment. But then the disciples come to him later to ask why they couldn't heal him. And Jesus replies in verse 20 with, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So Jesus is saying here that even if you only have the teeniest, tiniest amount of faith, you can do big things. And it's interesting that Jesus used this example of a mustard seed in this verse. He didn't say like, if you have faith as small as a grain of sand or the tiniest pebble, he chose something that could live. He chose something that could grow. If you have mustard sized, mustard seed sized faith, that's good. It's a place to start. But the thing about mustard seeds is when you plant them and when you water them, when you give them what they need, they grow into a tree. Your faith is the same. You want it to grow. You don't want your faith to remain teeny tiny mustard seed sized. Your faith can grow. And I want to talk about how. So Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith comes as you spend time in the word and as you read your Bible, as you go to church, as you listen to podcasts about Jesus, you have the opportunity each and every day to grow in faith. You have the opportunity, the choice to hear the word of God, to grow your faith. As you listen and as you study, your faith grows. And as we've talked about, we all need that faith. If you don't think you currently need it, like I said, there's going to come a time when you do. You do need it. And in that day, every day, I want my faith to be mature. Well, more mature. I, You know, as long as we're on this earth, there's always going to be some growth that can happen, maturing that can happen. I want to know the word of God, believe it, and agree with it. I want to be so in faith that when I hear a word from God or I read it in the Bible, that I take him at his word, even when it doesn't make sense in the natural. I want to take him at his word. Your faith puts you into agreement, aligns you with the word of God. I want to give you an example of what this looks like practically beyond like, hand me the remote and then, you know, come get it across the room. So there was a season where I was just dealing with a really, what felt like a loud problem. And that problem was anxiety. And I'm sure a lot of you can identify with this. There's a ton of stuff in this world that we can worry about. Our kids, our finances, our jobs, you know, there's so much going on in this world. I think a lot of you can identify with this on some level. So at this time, we had just had our first daughter and I was suddenly aware that her every need, her well-being, her survival depended on me being a good mother. Like I said, as a mother, there's just, there's so much that you can worry about. And I did. I worried about a lot of things and that turned into anxiety. It was, um... It felt really intense. I was having panic attacks regularly, and I just felt in general like my mental health was suffering, and it felt hard, and it felt dark. And at this time, I was saved, meaning like I had received Jesus as my Savior, but there was no real relationship there. I would pray sometimes, and I would go to church sometimes, but it was just, I was just out there doing my own thing, unaware of what I had been redeemed from aware that I should be in the word, but not doing that, aware that I should pray, but not doing that either. 
Thankfully, my mom eventually saw what was happening in my life and pointed me back to Jesus. When I say she pointed me to Jesus, I mean she held my hand like a little child, told me exactly what to do. She reminded me that I'd been redeemed from mental health issues. She prayed over me. She laid hands on me. She encouraged me strongly to start reading the Bible. Why? Because she wanted to encourage me to grow in my faith by hearing and hearing the word of God. And she had this list of pastors that I could listen to via podcast or, you know, CDs. I didn't have a CD player at the time, but I have a CD player now. Um, But she had this list of pastors that I could listen to. And and you guys, it was so helpful in growing my faith. I needed to be saved. I needed faith. I needed hope that things could be better. And she gave me the answer in Jesus. She told me the same words that are written in the Bible, that faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. So I started listening to those pastors as much as possible, multiple times a day. I started reading my Bible five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. We've kind of talked about that in previous episodes. I read books. Like I really just jumped in with both feet. I tried to immerse myself in the word. And as I heard the word of God, as the truth of my redemption from mental health issues was revealed, I slowly got better. My faith in Jesus as my redeemer grew, my hope that things could be better grew. And it took some time. I mean, truly, I I had probably always been a worrier, a stressor, perfectionist, an overthinker. And so it took some time to get my mind going in the right direction, thinking new thoughts. But there was hope in that process. It was a process to put off the old self and put on the new. And even though I continue to experience freedom in this area, I still put off my old self in this area. I still have faith that Jesus has redeemed me from mental health issues. So what I'm telling you is that it didn't happen overnight. And I'm not saying it can't happen overnight for you. There is nothing impossible for God. He can fix any issue in a second. But God was calling me to participate in my own change. He was calling me to grow in my faith and exercise my faith. He was taking a situation that was not authored by him and turning it for good. He was changing me, equipping me for the future. He was making sure I knew how to respond in faith. This situation is such a good example because I did not see the results. I didn't feel the result right away. But the Holy Spirit was teaching me to believe the word of God, to believe his promise for a sound mind, for peace, for joy, over how I felt over what I was seeing and feeling in the natural. And that's what Hebrews 11.1 1 is saying. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I was faced with an issue, issues really, and the Holy Spirit had me growing in my faith to a place where I was comprehending what God said about me and my situation as the truth, even though I wasn't experiencing it physically yet. You might think, well... That's just fake. It's called faking it until you make it or avoiding the truth, avoiding your feelings, avoiding your issues. But it's not fake. It's faith. God was unraveling all the kinks. He was exposing me to the truth. He was causing me to believe and think differently. And he was giving me an action in my faith. James chapter two talks about faith and deeds. There's so many good and interesting things in James two and and really the whole chapter, the whole book of James, really. I mean, really the whole Bible is interesting. I'm just saying. But James chapter two, verse 17 says, so also faith, if it does not have works, which are deeds and actions of obedience to back it up by itself is destitute of power. 
It's inoperative. It's dead. Before this verse, there's some examples given that illustrate what dead faith looks like. We don't want dead faith. We want living and active faith. James is saying here that your actions, your words, your thoughts should work in agreement with your faith. Faith doesn't stop at just believing the word of God, but there's an accompanying action with that faith. I'm going to continue with my example here. So I told you that the Holy Spirit was prompting me to action. He had me doing a number of things by faith. First, he had me consider the words spoken from my mouth, my confession, and the thoughts I was thinking. When I was anxious or afraid, I would say out loud, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. That's 2 Timothy 1.7. And saying this out loud did a couple of things. First, it got me speaking the right thing, agreeing with my mouth with the word of God. Second, it got me thinking the right thing. When I spoke those words, I was reminded that if God didn't give me the spirit of fear, that means that it was from the devil, who is the father of all lies. I knew that it was contrary to the word of God to feel that way. So I would focus on the truth, on that verse that God had given me a sound mind and not a spirit of fear. And that wasn't the only verse. There were plenty of verses that I got into agreement with during this time, but I spoke it with my mouth. I confessed it. I responded to that anxiety. I responded to that fear by faith. The point of me telling you this is that when you're believing for something, when you're growing your faith for something, there will be action, corresponding action. He wants you to be in full agreement with him. He wants you to fix your attention on his word, the truth, and not be moved from it. That means that you can't be in faith for something and also be running around and telling everyone that you see about your problem, hashing it out and rehashing it, going through all the details. I'm not telling you that you can't talk about your problems. If you're struggling, you should talk to somebody. You should talk to a like-minded believer, a Christian counselor, someone who believes the same way that you do, or better yet, maybe even more from a mature believer. Because they can point you to the word of God. They can encourage you in your faith walk. They can pray with you in agreement. I don't want to be hard on you if this is you, if you're running around kind of talking about your problems repeatedly all day. You're talking about your problems. You're thinking about it. But I want you to be aware that when you're just blabbing to blab, that's not faith. It's different if you're coming to someone really just for counsel and for prayer, like with a true, like, man, I need, I need to talk to somebody. I need, I need some help here. Faith has action and that action is found in your words. That action is found in your behavior. This is what it means to stand in faith that no matter what you're seeing in the natural, your eyes are fixed on Jesus. Your mind is so focused on the truth of the word that your words and your actions agree with the word of God. If I had said that I was standing in faith for my mental healing and done nothing, didn't get in the word, didn't participate with the Holy Spirit, went to everyone I knew and detailed every thought and every feeling, I wouldn't have seen the result. That would have been dead faith. You know what's awesome, though, is that God truly took the situation and he turned it for good. He used what the enemy meant for evil and he brought me in. He changed me and he changed the way that I thought. He changed the way that I believed and he equipped me for the future. You guys, I want to be honest with you and tell you that sometimes the enemy still tries to pull me into anxiety. 
But now, I'm reminded of the truth when that happens. I have a different perspective. I feel equipped. And when my faith and my actions align with the Word of God, I experience freedom in this area. What I want you to note about the situation that I detailed for you is that I was growing in faith for something specific. As I heard the Word of God, I grew in faith in Jesus generally, but also I was growing in faith specifically for healing in the mental arena. Like you could have faith that Jesus died for your sins and also have no faith that he paid for your healing at the same time or that he provides for your every need. You have to grow that faith. If you're in a situation, you should get into the word on that specific topic. You should listen to sermons on that topic. Your faith will grow in that specific area as you sit under teachings on the topic. Today, what I want you to take away is that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And that as you grow in faith, your thoughts, your words, your actions should align with the word of God. Faith comes by getting into the word, reading it, listening to sermons, meditating on it. And we have access to about a billion resources that help us to grow in our faith. In one of the first couple of episodes, I challenge you to spend some time in the word each day to make a commitment to getting into the word. Again, I challenge you today. I challenge you to grow in your faith by hearing and hearing the word of God. You have five minutes. You probably have 10 minutes. You're just spending it on the wrong thing. I hope today that you'll make a commitment to prioritize this time in the word because it will change your life. So before we go, let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We love you and we honor you. We worship you for who you are. You are the one true God, and there's no one and nothing above you. You are awesome and mighty in power, and we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's living and active and applicable to us today. Lord, thank you that you've given us all a measure of faith. Today, I ask that you go before each of these listeners, that they would be encouraged, that you would help them to grow in faith, that you would prompt them to prioritize hearing your word that you would help us each to know where our actions need to align with our faith. Help us to be obedient. Help us to desire obedience. Help us to see that it's good to be obedient to you, Lord. We know that you have our best interests at heart, Lord, and that you want us to be in agreement with you, to participate with you in growing our faith. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you for joining me today. I hope you'll tune into the next episode. Please follow this podcast and don't miss the upcoming episodes.